Happy Halloween! Woo! It is a secret episode for you guys today. We're going to go over our top 10 horror films of the decade. Oh, yes. We're closing out 2019, which means we're closing out the 2010s, getting into the 20s. So let's talk about the best horror had to offer for those nine years. Yeah, let's do it, man. So we made a list of 10 movies in order of uh, collectively, him and I, what we agree on to be... 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. As well as some honorable mentions. Of course. So without further ado, I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Austin Johnson. And this is a very special episode of Filmgasm. So, horror in the 2010s transcended a lot of expectations. There were some films this decade... That will resonate with me for the rest of my life. Uh, for sure. And most of them are on this list. Yes. Yes. And um, yeah. Mo- yeah. Most of them. There, there's there's a lot. I think there's more than people realize this yeah. decade of like good, different horror, mm-hmm. artsy horror, yeah, uh, experimental horror, yes, things that don't really even fit a genre. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's 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 an exciting time. We've got we've got some really cool guys like Mike Flanagan, Mike Flanagan, Robert Eggers, like Andy Muschietti, yeah, guys who are Jordan Peele, yes, guys who are, are going to be in the game for a long time. Huh? Hell yeah! Super excited. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll start with some honorable mentions. These are films that almost made the cut, yeah, but didn't for various reasons, mostly because the top ten list is just too fucking. Yeah, and I'd expect a lot of these to be on other people's list, but you know. It's uh, t- ten's not a, not an easy one to come up with for a ten year yeah. ten year window. So, <laughs> so these are our honorable mentions. First up, Insidious. Oh yeah, two thousand ten story of a boy that sleepwalks in the dream world or in this nether world called the the further. Yes, and something traps him <coughs> there, and he's he's haunted basically, and his family uh, tries to get him out. It's a really creepy movie. Uh, Easily Patrick Wilson's second best horror franchise. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I like it a lot. I think it just, upon repeated viewings, it loses some punch. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. once you see it three times, that's that's about all you need. And the sequels suck. Yes. I <laughs> couldn't agree more. I saw two and three. I didn't like either one. And four, I didn't even bother. No, thanks. Yeah. The last key? Or... The last key. Yeah, yeah. No, no, thanks. It's just... It, did, it doesn't work for me. No, the that, the yeah. first one is really creepy. It's, yes. Yeah, and that first viewing, you know, 2010, you know, yeah. I, I was 15. I, yeah, freaked me out. <laughs> and I think that was James Wan, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. James Wan. The man. Yeah, him, him and Patrick Wilson, they get along pretty well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next up on our honorable mentions, Sinister. Oh. 2012, I want to say? I believe that's right. The first, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke plays a writer mm-hmm. who is researching this old house where a lot of shit happened he finds a box of home movies in the base or in the attic that details some grisly murders to say the least <laughs> yeah. and slowly he learns about this creature named Bagul who's like a boogeyman demon Babylonian god thing who's wearing a suit it's, it's really strange but <laughs> it's a really creepy movie but oddly forgettable yeah I think you almost have to remind yourself when yeah. you're watching this again you're like oh yeah yeah. Ethan Hawke's pretty good in it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't like the whole deputy so and so thing. Like, no, just not give really. The guy a fucking name. Yeah, yeah. And why they bothered to make him the focus of part two, which is god awful, terrible. Again, yeah, same thing as Insidious. <laughs> just why? But the guys who made this ended up doing Doctor Strange, so that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. But yeah, Sinister just doesn't 
pop anymore for me. Mm-hmm. D- does, does not find a, a place in this top ten. Nope. Next up, the 2011 remake of Fright Night. Oh, yeah. Way better than I thought it was going to be back in the day. I'm a very big fan of the original Fright Night. Mm-hmm. My favorite vampire movie, one of my favorite horror films of all time. Hell, yeah. And I had very high expectations for the remake, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yes. But this doesn't is, happen. It's a rarity, especially in a horror. Yeah. yeah. You got Anton Yelchin, Colin Farrell, David Tennant, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, and Tony Collette. Great cast. Awesome cast. <laughs> Very wide variation there, yeah. yeah. Lots of different kinds of talents. Yeah. It worked out. It's a fun rewatch, too. It's funny, and it's clever, and it doesn't step on the toes of the original. It's got that great scene where Chris Sarandon runs into them and gets bit by the new Jerry. That's that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I would if I was doing like a top 10 remakes of 2010, Friday Night would be there. There you go, there you go. But it just doesn't stand with the rest of these movies, regrettably. Yeah, so Friday Night, definitely memorable. For sure, definitely worth the rewatch, like we said. Yeah, so it's, it's funnier than you remember. <laughs> Next up, It Follows. 2014, yeah. A really creepy movie about a haunted STD, really. Yeah, It. Yeah, yeah. It Follows. It'll kill you, but and the only way to get rid of it is to have sex with somebody and pass it on. It's a great metaphor for, like, just abstinence, really, like, you know, premarital sex will get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. or, or Michael Myers will get you. Yeah. yeah. And it's a creepy <laughs> movie. You're seeing this thing walk slowly towards you in the background. You don't know what it looks like. That's uh, uh, Robert Mitchell, the guy who wrote and directed the movie. That's the guy who made Under the Silver Lake. Oh, yeah. That movie, it's like one of my favorite movies of 2019 so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this guy, the guy's got some, some really cool ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I've, I've seen it once, and I couldn't tell you what most of it was about. It's, again, oddly forgettable. It's pretty simplistic. You know, it, it yeah. follows the girl after she has a sexual encounter, and it follows. <laughs> it follows, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not long. It's not a long movie. Again, simplistic, and I, yeah, I, th- I, I think it's really good. I think it, it definitely finds its pl- place in a top 20, you know? Yes. Just it doesn't quite have the quality as these other ones that we're going to say or, uh, later on. Very true. Next up, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, oh my God! Hilarious—the <laughs> funniest movie on this list, easily. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, we got Alan Tudyk, and I don't remember the other guy's name. Neither do I. But I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, Tucker and Dale, two rednecks in the woods who go and camping, and they are attacked by a bunch of psycho college students. <laughs> it's great. Tyler Labine. Tyler Labine. It's a great play on the classic, you know, Deliverance, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of trope. Where these two guys are just minding their own business, and these college students think they're psycho rednecks, we're going to kill them, and they end up accidentally killing themselves all over their property. <laughs> it's brilliant, it's hilarious, and it's really just a great cult hit. Oh, hell yeah. So much fun to watch. Definitely <laughs> definitely one everybody should have on DVD. Oh, know? for sure. And we only left it off because it is more of a comedy than a horror film. Yeah. Yeah. So, if we had a larger list, this would be there. For sure. For sure. And next, finally, on the honorable mentions, we have the 2018 remake of Suspiria. Uh, I believe our seventh episode, where I went solo for about 20 minutes and would love to redo that episode someday. But, you know, trial and error. (laughs) (laughs) The remake stars uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and Tilda Swinton. Yeah. It's the relatively the same story as the original. A young American girl goes to a German ballet school that's secretly a witch coven. And shit gets crazy pretty fast. Yes. Not yeah. as good as the original, but still good in its own way. Still very strong. Yeah, and uh, Tilda Swinton is 
strong performers. Yes. <laughs> I'll say that in this uh, 2018 one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is our honorable mentions. So let's get into the meat. Our top 10 horror films of the decade. The 2010s. Number 10. The Invitation. 2015 horror drama starring Logan Marshall Green, John Carroll Lynch, David Huseman, and Tammy Blanchard. It's a very interesting film. And uh, why don't you take the reins on this one? Yeah, directed by Karen Kusama. She did that movie Destroyer last year with Nicole Kidman. I remember that. She's pretty talented. Uh, This movie, yeah, I actually pointed out to Connor because we had came up with this idea like, hey, we want to do something for Halloween. So he threw around some horror movies like, oh, let's let's just do a top 10 of the decade. And I was like, man, I, th- I think The Invitation might have a spot. And you were like, oh, I hadn't seen it. I didn't think you were going to watch it. But then you just kind of did because you're like, oh, I have some time. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, it, it's, it's a movie about, you know, this couple goes to a dinner party hosted by the man's ex-wife and her new partner, uh, played by Huzman, uh, who's ultimately creepy in this movie. Yes. Both, both of them are, like, strikingly handsome, but both very unsettling at times. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's very impressive from both of them. It's like a wise. fake smile. It's, yeah. it's too creepy. Yeah, it's like very... nobody's that happy without an agenda. Yes, yeah, exactly. A, yeah. a dark, weird agenda. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what's going on. Is uh, very cult-like things happening. They're showing them stuff on the computer to the, these people at the dinner party. The conversations are weird, unsettling. And then you find out, what do we find out, Connor? That's going on between the ex-wife uh, and uh, and Logan, Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. So, Logan Marshall Green, Will, and his ex-wife, Eden, they lost their child. Yes. And Eden got over it by joining a cult. Yeah. And Will is still processing this, and he's not doing a good job. No. And he uh, is the only one who figures out that something's not right here. Yeah, he's the only one really questioning anything. Yeah. Yeah. And the the end of the movie, spoilers, by the way, if you haven't seen this, you need to go watch this. And it's way... Packs way more of a punch if you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. So here we go. <laughs> the uh, Skip ahead about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the new husband, David, and the ex-wife are there to kill everybody, Jonestown style. They poison the wine. They're all going to die together. Will figures this out, stops most of the people from drinking the wine. One of them is not so lucky, and she dies immediately. David freaks out, pulls out a gun, and they all start hunting down the partygoers. Yes. Brilliant. It's you it's you kind of see it coming, but you just don't know when it's going to happen. And you don't you don't know how you don't, you're not ready for how brutal the violence is going no, to be no. and and how abrupt. You know, like yeah. you said that girl dies right away after drinking. Yeah. Drinking this, yeah. You know, we get a great spiked. subtle but terrifying performance from John Carroll Lynch. Oh my gosh. Another actor who I think is overlooked every time. <laughs> I love John Carroll. Me Lynch. too. He he's he's a stellar character actor. Uh, yeah, uh, he's he to me he's the standout in this movie. The scene where he's talking about he killed his wife. Uh, oh Jesus! I didn't I did not expect that story to go that way. No. And when it does, I'm just like I have the same look as they do. Like yeah. what the fuck? Just kind of glued to the screen though. Yeah, it it is. Ugh. It is a brutal movie, and, yeah. and 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 like Connor said, it packs it packs a heavy punch at the end. Yeah. So. uh <laughs> yeah, I, I recommend it highly to people. The Invitation is currently on Netflix, so check that out. Yeah, and it's one of those movies that I think as I keep watching and telling people about it and talking about it, it's going to rise. It's only going to rise. It's only going to get better for me. Yeah. Um, because when you watch it again now, if you ever, when you rewatch it, you're going to know, obviously. So you're going to be watching every little thing that Huzman does yeah. that David and Eden do as a couple to fucking 
you know, war, you know, manipulate these people into, you know, killing them. So it's really amazing. Uh, what, what do we got at number nine? Number nine, The Cabin in the Woods. Oh, uh, yeah. 2011, uh, written by Joss Whedon, directed by, uh, uh, what's it, Drew? Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard. Uh, it starts out, your typical, you know, bunch of kids go up to the cabin in the woods for a good time, but you realize that this is a government-sanctioned operation to sacrifice these kids to an ancient pagan god. And it's a brilliant movie. Co-stars Richard Jenkins, Chris Hemsworth, uh, what's that guy's name? Friend, Friend Kranz, uh, Jesse Williams, Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford, that's the guy. Yeah. And it's just, it's a smart movie, it's a funny movie, it's a scary movie. It's so cool, you get a cool cameo from Sigourney Weaver at the end yes. of it. Very much has that Joss Whedon feel, there's a theory that this connects to his shows, Angel, Firefly, all that. Yep. And... It's it's such a neat film. It's super super clever. Yeah, I I really when I the first time I watched this, I was like, nah, this isn't gonna be good. You know, people are like, oh, give you know my brother my brother remember said, give it a chance. It's like a lot lot more entertaining than than you think. Yeah, and he was right, and I'm I, I love this movie. It's it's another one that I think is gonna continue to grow as the years go on because it's got so many cool little plot devices in it <laughs> that uh, that that kind of age age well. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are some of your favorite parts in the cabin in the woods? I, I actually, I actually really like the beginning when you think that it's going to be another typical. Oh, you're, you're a few five, four or five friends are going to this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. normal ass shit. But you know, you know, yeah, the tone here is not. It's it's going to be a horror movie. You know, like something's going to happen. And I, I, so many movies before it have have done that and have failed miserably to me and become classics. <laughs> uh, but th- this does it the best. This does that that trope of like, here's some kids that are being dumb going to this place, and they get way more than they bargain for. And that I think they do it the best. That's what ages well for me is that that plot device. What about you? Do you have, do you have a scene that stands out to you, or like a, a particular scary moment? Uh, the scene I really like isn't really scary. It's just clever. Okay, it's when in the the office pool of oh, they're betting on what yeah. monster the kids are going <laughs> to unleash, and the one lady is like, "I had zombie, I had zombie, I should." Win. I forgot about that. And she's like, "Yes, you had zombie, but he had redneck zombie family, <laughs> so he won." Like this, this he casual more, like office office space style dialogue about these kids getting yet yeah, it's so killed. cool. Yeah, that's it's so cool. And that's the one hilarious. Bradley Whitford's always like, "I I want it to be a mermaid someday." There's gonna be a mermaid, and he gets eaten by the freaky mermaid at the end of the movie. It's, yeah, wonderful film, fantastic, <laughs> clever. Number eight, we have the Babadook. Oh yeah, I think Australian, right? Yeah, Australian directed, directed and written by Jennifer Kent. Australian horror film from 2014 freaked me out the first time I saw this. I saw this on Netflix. Me too. For the first time. I think a lot of people, I think it got kind of got word of mouth. That happens yeah. in horror a lot where people are like, yo, this movie's actually scary. Mm-hmm. And all of us are like, oh, fuck. Then we have to watch it, you know? Yeah. Because uh, it's it's few and far between for us to get a really high quality horror film. This is one of them. Yes. This definitely deserves a spot in the top 10. Uh, just because it doesn't have a lot of like big actors in it or you know, you don't know who Jennifer Kent is. It's it's a stellar story. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoy this. I, I, I'm really glad we, we both have seen it and both agree that it, that it should be yeah. on here. This single mother... Struggling with depression, begins reading a uh, a book to her child about this creature called the Babadook that once it's in your life it doesn't leave. Yep. 
And she starts seeing it and hearing it everywhere. Especially the freaky-ass phone calls. Yeah, those are the best parts. <laughs> those are my favorite parts, man. Babadook. Like, yeah. oh my god, dude. <laughs> she starts seeing it in, like, reflections yeah. for like, a brief moment. But <sighs> I think my favorite thing about this movie is that it's... It can be argued that this is all in her head, and the Babadook represents her struggle with depression. Yeah, after losing her husband. And, yeah, and lack lack of yeah being being lonely. Yeah, you know? and once you know, in the end, she conquers the the Babadook by locking it in the basement. You can almost see that as her finally coming to terms with her grief and letting it go. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. Like I think it should be taught in psych courses. Like it's the best metaphor for grief and depression I've ever seen. But it's also fucking terrifying yeah it's 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 put into a textbook horror movie yeah, yeah it's awesome brilliant fantastic movie I, I this is one of those ones that i was like ah this is one of those movies that should be up for like best screenplay just because it's horror like uh it's kind of upsetting <laughs> this is a really cool story yes it is so i yeah i stand stand firmly by it oh yes 100 has she done anything else jennifer kent I, I don't really know that name jennifer kent the nightingale the nightingale not really wow yeah the Babadook was her is thing. Her, is her claim to fame. I bet it was personal. Her masterpiece. Yeah, maybe. There's a personal touch in that. Uh, next up, number seven, Mandy. 2018 mm. Nicolas Cage starrer. Should have been his comeback movie, but regrettably did not garner the level of attention it deserved. No. <laughs> which, which is... Kind of fair because when you see Nicolas Cage in a movie, you're like, ah, oh, really again, man? Yeah, it's sad. But yeah. you and I are like big fans of his, and we believe that he he can he can really act. He's gonna have his his day again one day. And, and you know, Mandy for me is, in my mind, his kind of his comeback because I, he he's fucking great in it. Well, he's proven that he hasn't lost it. Yeah, Nicolas yeah, yeah. Ca- Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage is still in there somewhere. Yes, agreed. <laughs> and like the scene after, like right after they kill Mandy, and he's just in the bathroom freaking the fuck out <laughs> mesmerizing insanity he's still got it it's a really strange movie it's hard to really describe this movie this is another one I don't think any of our listeners have probably have seen mm-hmm. so go check it out yeah much like the invitation where it's like ah, a lot of people haven't seen this you know they didn't get any attention yeah. Mandy is a uh, I guess I'll, I'll try yeah go for it <laughs> go for it I mean I, I have like a little yeah. plot thing if you want to Nicolas Cage plays Red a guy who's uh, in love with Mandy, and a bunch of hippie bikers d- dudes, as uh, Rick Dalton would say, a bunch of goddamn hippies, show up and start torturing them, and they kill Mandy. I think, oh, but because their their leader is in love with her or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their leader is Linus Roach, uh, Thomas Wayne from Batman Begins, which I've never seen him like this. He's a goddamn terrifying villain. Yes. And uh, Richard Brake has a bit part in this. It's a very bizarre film, but it's very well done. The, the visuals are incredible. Yeah. Uh, the cinematography is amazing. Stellar. It's weird. It might be in a different planet. It's not entirely clear that he might just be high the whole time. Yeah. It's very... Uh, a lot of different interpretations can be made on this one. But it definitely stuck with me. And it will stick with you, too. Oh, yeah. And it's... One of my, one of the most memorable Nicolas Cage roles for me now. Yeah. Which is really cool. You know, uh, he's got a list, you know, both of us are massive, massive, massive high fans, you know, Raising Arizona and uh, Leaving Las Vegas and Adaptation and Con Air, you know. <laughs> face Off. Yeah, fate, yeah, just awesome stuff. And then, you know, Mandy's up there is like, I, 
I want to mention those as well. Uh, or I, I want to mention Mandy with those as well. Because I, I think he's really fucking good in it. Yeah. And that's why it's it's on our list. You know, Mandy. Absolutely. Mandy, definitely check it out. Has that guy done anything else? Panos. Panos Cosmatos. I think that he's doing another movie with Nicolas Cage right now. Uh, H.P. Lovecraft film. Wow, look at this. He was doing camera work on Tombstone. Wow. Fucking, yeah. That's great. <laughs> the guy who was doing camera work on Tombstone is wrote and directed Mandy. That's fantastic. I love movies. <laughs> I love IMDb. Small world. Oh, man. Wonderful. Oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Number six is the subject of next week's episode. Yeah, so we won't go too heavy into yeah. it, right? Um, the Witch, 2016. Creepy as fuck film. A preview that gave me nightmares. Yeah. A preview that made me almost not want to see it. Where I was like, do I really want to go down that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> it was really freaky. I saw this on a double feature day with uh, Caleb Leger, other, our other Filmgasm contributor. And we saw that and we saw Deadpool as a palate cleanser. Because we needed a fucking palate cleanser after that nightmare of a film. It's brilliant. It's unsettling. It's unnerving. It's It feels real. Like, this is how people talk in the Puritan times. And you get the feeling that, like, something like this totally could have happened. Because it feel, there, there's different ways to interpret it as, like, is there a witch? Or are they just losing their minds from fear? You don't know. And, yeah, phenomenal movie. Uh, Robert Eggers' first film, he recently did The Lighthouse. Jesus, His follow-up. So he's, he's going to go places. He's here to stay. That guy's a goddamn genius. Yeah. Know? Robert Eggers, yeah. For sure, I, I yeah I don't know, don't know what's going on in his brain to come up with the witch and the lighthouse, but for those to be your two first like feature length films is <laughs> hell of a start. Really impressive. He yeah. clearly does not like using modern day dialogue. No, no, no. He yeah he's very he's very you know I've listened to him talk a lot. Robert and uh, his, his brother Max helped him write uh, the lighthouse. His brother his brother's a big writer. Yeah, uh, yeah he he's he's one of those one of those guys one of those like purebred directors writers directors who's like. I'd rather have total control of everything that's happening and no money than have all the money in the world and people telling me what to do. I respect that. So he's like, that's that's why I'll work with A24. That's why I'll make The Lighthouse. I, he, they're going to let me do what I want, so that's what I'm going to do. He's like, I probably will never make more than whatever X amount of dollars, but the stories will be mine, and they will be exactly what I want on the screen. And I I respect that so much. Yeah. I, I, can't, even, I can't even explain how much I respect that. I love that, and... He is, like, hands down to me, after those two movies, one of the best young up-and-coming directors we have. <laughs> uh, and, and The Witch, yeah, the, I cannot wait. We'll, we're going to, like, really dive into it next week. Yeah. Uh, you know, Eggers did some research on how, how these people talked during this time, uh, how their accents kind of go in and out sometimes, because it's, like, such a fascinating time. <laughs> well, a, lot of the stories, a lot of the story came from real accounts of incidents yeah. with witches. Yes. Possibly. Yeah. Might have just been, you know... The local hag who was murdered unjustly because that's what usually happened. Yes, but you know, I I'm I'm listening to uh, Dan Cummins' new podcast, Scared to Death. Yeah, where he talks about real, supposedly real horror stories that took place, demonic possession, alien abduction, things like that. And he's typically a skeptic, but he constantly says on that show, it only takes one. It yeah, only has yeah. to be real one time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that is very true with movies like The Witch. And real for one person, too. Yeah. So, like, if if one person's fucked up by something or thinks that they're fucked up by something, mm-hmm. it can affect everyone they're around. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it really, yeah. The power of horror, the power of, 
you know, demonic possession and stuff. The Witch like, reminded me very much of the Twilight Zone episode, uh, Monsters on Maple Street. Oh, nice. Where Strong call. There's a mo- no, some, something's evil here, or it might just be they're losing their minds. Mm-hmm. It's all about how you look at it. Yeah. And I, that's The Witch is one of the most brilliant films of the decade for that. Yeah, it, it's not only The Witch is not only one of my favorite movies, favorite horror movies of the decade. It it would find itself just like the rest of these five that we're about to name. It would find itself on a list of my favorite movies of the decade. <laughs> uh, I think I think the the Mandy to Witch is my cutoff point. I think these top six are in like a fucking different level. <laughs> starting with The Witch, yeah, it's it's a frightening, frightening movie. Uh, I I didn't know Anya Taylor Joy could act so well. Oh yes, and then in, you know uh, she's in Thoroughbreds. She's wonderful in that. Kate Kate Dickey, you know we know for her from Game of she Thrones. She scares the shit out of me. She is she is she might be the best like she might give the best performance in the movie. I yeah. she's unbelievable. And then, I mean, who played Dad? Was his name? Uh, what is his name? Where is he? He's, I think he's at the front. He was one of the first ones. Oh, William. Yeah, Ralph yeah. Innocent. Ralph Innocent. Yeah, he also was on Game of Thrones. He played uh, Theon Greyjoy's like lieutenant dude, Dagmar Cleftjaw. Because I'm a nerd and I know that. <laughs> and <laughs> and then you got Harvey Crumshaw yeah. playing the little boy Caleb, who gives a you know when he you know what I'm talking about the scene yeah. he kind of comes back yeah. to it and he's like oh oh my precious lord it is like how the fuck what did they tell that kid to do to go there you know like Dude, I'm telling you man the what when the spirit when somebody said witch in the Puritan times. It consumed the entire village. People uh, were seeing things that weren't there. People were feeling something things. Something was going there. on on this set, man. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Like this Evil. movie's this movie's fucking creepy. Evil. And it's got a fantastic, fantastic finale. Uh, Amazing well, score. Oh yeah, like so. And, and we saw that in the lighthouse. We were like, oh Jesus. He he like he got better. <laughs> he like he like did his homework. Went and watched The Witch and was like, all right, all right, yeah, all right, all right. I made a better movie. It's insane. <laughs> I, I don't know if I... Lighthouse is not really a horror movie, so it's hard to compare the two, but they're both so fucking good. I can't wait for the guy, what the guy does next. Can't wait. <laughs> Fantastic. Number five. Number five, Get Out. Jordan Peele's directorial debut. You can bet your ass, Us is not on here. No. What a massive letdown. For more on that, check out Filmgasm episode four. And Get Out was our third episode. Hell yeah. And it's... One of the most brilliant uh, racial films of the past like twenty years. Yeah, it checks a lot of boxes yeah. of like it. It brings up so much, so many relevant things. In the t- in the podcast I did, I talked about liberal racism and how this film is really it's about that. It's about white people who think you know we did a lot for you. You're welcome. That kind of racism. The guy you know Bradley Whitford saying you know I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could. Things like that. And how like, it's a brilliant movie and it's creepy as hell. And you know something bad's going to happen, but you don't know what it is. And when you find out what it is... Well, the movie's called Get Out. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> this was a horror film that uh, stormed the Oscars, got nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor for Daniel Kaluuya. Should have won Best Picture. Best Director. Uh, Jordan Peele won Best Screenplay for this. And it was, yeah, it's a really creepy, well-made film. Also really funny. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, that would be... Uh, Lil Rel Howery. Yeah. That would be the, the com- comedic relief. T.S. Motherfucking A. <laughs> we get, get shit done. <laughs> consider this situation handled. <laughs> I told you not to go in that house. Oh, man. <laughs> a- a- every, again, this is another one. Everyone is really, really, really good. Catherine yeah. Keener. Catherine Keener's creepy as hell. Caleb old- Landry Jones is the, the brother. Ooh, the sound man. of the spoon touching the, the uh, porcelain. I'm a smoker. I smoke cigarettes. Yeah. And... 
I'll, I'll tell you, man. There's times where I'm watching that scene where I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't know, man. She's kind of getting to me, too. <laughs> that shit works if you believe it. <laughs> um, After seeing that movie, there's no geez, way in dude. fuck I'm ever going to get hypnotized. <laughs> I'm not ending up in there. In Hell that dark, no. empty place. Hell no. Whew. I, I really don't know where to begin with this one. because it's, it's so simple, and when you watch it, there's really not, like, I don't know how to say this, because there's not, like, a lot to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's very simple. It's, it's like, all right, here's, you know, Daniel Kaluuya yeah. and Alice Williams. They're going... Yeah. Interracial couple. Yep. White girl from the South dating a black guy. From New York. From New yeah, York. Yeah. To take her home, take him home to meet the folks in this backwoods plantation and style And their parents home. are Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener. Yep. And the son is Caleb Langer Jones. And they're all pretty racist. Pretty racist, but very nice about it. Yeah. They're, yeah. Like Connor said, the, the whole, that, that shit. Yeah. Like, oh, if I could have voted for a bomb third That term. scene where, where uh... Daniel Kaluuya is meeting all of her, like his, uh, the guy's old white friends. Oh, geez. And they're like, you know, oh, it's been a great time for you people, hasn't it? Like things like yeah. that. And he's clearly so uncomfortable. Oh, at one, at one point, a lady's like, how is he in bed? And you're like, what? Like, just and then you got so shocked. The brilliant, like the brief but brilliant performance by Lakeith Stanford. Ah, yes, I was waiting. Holy yeah. fuck, dude. Well, because he's in it at the very beginning. And yeah. it's like my favorite, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie is when he's walking he's like fuck this shit man cause it it flips the stereotype on it's head yeah. a black dude gets kidnapped by yeah. white people by a white guy but, like in a Corvette yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, it's in the burbs yeah and he's just like I, I didn't think this would be happening in this neighborhood yeah and then all of a sudden he gets snatched up and then you see him later and then yeah. oh breathtaking with scene. a completely different personality and then the, the camera flash and you just you see it in like a brief second goes get out happy to terrified Oh, man. And yeah. Keith turns into the actor that we all know him from, you know, in Short Term 12 in Atlanta, where you're like, oh, all right, yeah, there he is. <laughs> and uh, starts screaming at, starts screaming at Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Washington is his name in the movie. Uh, just screaming at him, like, get out! That's where the title comes from. It's got one of the most brilliant third acts ever, once Chris realizes what's going on, how he takes this shit down. Uh, yeah, and how it keeps unfolding. So, like, he definitely knows something's up. He doesn't quite know how to go about it. And he's like, all right, we need to leave. Allison Williams is a part of it. He finds out because he sees those fucking pictures, oh. which is one of the most chilling scenes yeah. ever. I get the chills just talking about it. Because he's looking at those pictures and he's like, oh my God, there's like 30 of them. And then he's a guy him serial and, and, then, and then he sees, oh fuck, it's blowing my mind just talking about it. He sees, uh, you know, they have uh, a fucking maid and they have the, the guy who works in the yards outside. He fucking sees them too, like in the pictures with Allison Williams. <laughs> and he's like, Oh my god, and he, everything's coming to my... Okay, here we go. Yeah. I need those keys. <laughs> the second or third time you watch this, you notice so many little details. Yes, yes. You can you can feel the amount of time and, and uh, care that Jordan Peele put into this. This is a very, very yeah. Yeah, special Versus film. Versus the, like, the lack of, t- of time and care I feel like he put into us. Like I think this was so good, we expected so much more from us. And we just didn't get it. Well, and this is such a... This is a, like... The tight the, film. And to the core, it is horror. It is like a horror movie. And Us is not that way. Like... No. Us has all these other other ideas that it's pulling pulling, and it, it, it never really clicks. Get Out is like... Knows exactly what it's saying. And it finishes really fucking strong. And, you know, he... He wins. Yeah. Ultimately, he gets the fuck out of there. You know? But there's that brief moment where you think... Fuck the police, well, yeah. and he's black, and there's these people dead. Oh no! In this the south, dead. yeah. But nope. I mean, J- motherfucking J- J- Jordan has an alternate ending where that happens. I've seen it, and I I can't watch. It's so it's yeah, it's so it's sad, brutally unsettling. Yeah. It's like fuck, man. 
What a gut punch. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I'm so glad he didn't go with that. Me too. It, it, we, we needed that really He needed bad. to win. We Chris need, needed to win. <laughs> we need to see Rose just dying. Yeah. After eating those fucking Fruit Loops. These monsters couldn't get away with this shit. But no. Oh, no. So great. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know... There's a reason it had a standalone episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, back Early in, on. Early. Third? Third episode. So you had The Shining... Amityville and, and get, get out. out. Woo! <laughs> and yeah, it, it deserves very high praise, and I would have no no problem if someone said this was the best horror movie of the decade. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. We we have it five because we think there's four other ones that are that are right there with it, and uh, we'll we'll get to those now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Number four, The Conjuring. Oh yeah. 2013, first of a massive franchise. Yes. Film guys in episode 17. And the true, supposedly, story of one of the case files of paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren, played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. The story of the haunting of the Perrin family, who supposedly had a ghost named Bathsheba haunting their house and causing dark shit to happen. Supposedly their most terrifying case. And since The Conjuring, there's been The Conjuring 2, Annabelle, Annabelle creation, Annabelle comes home, the Nun and the Curse of La Llorona. So, yeah, this thing has exploded into one of the most profitable <laughs> horror franchises ever. James Wan's a bit of a genius, eh? Oh, yeah. He's got The Conjuring 3 lined up for next year. And, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I, I feel very strongly about The Conjuring. So strong that I think it should have been up for uh, Best Picture that year. Yeah, it was a uh, massive success. L- listen, listen to these movies. that were that 12 Years a Slave 1. Good movie. American Hustle. Mm-hmm. Captain Phillips, mm-hmm. Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, mm-hmm. Her, Nebraska, Philomena, and The Wolf of Wall Street. I think The Conjuring is better than half of those. I don't know. That's a good year. I actually disagree. I, I think really. I think Twelve Years a Slave is a good movie. I think American Hustle is all right. Captain Phillips is all right. Dallas Buyers Club is all right. Gravity's all right. Her is good. Nebraska's good. Philomena's all right. Wolf of Wall Street pretty good. I love Philomena. Uh, yeah, actually, I actually, actually think that might have should have won out of this group. That was sad. <laughs> that was such a sad movie. That's a really good movie. But I agree, The Conjuring deserves a spot there. Yeah, when you have fucking ten nominations, I just like... Captain Phillips? It, sh- it shined a light on two of the most interesting characters in real-life horror. Yeah, and, and, Warren. and they're both really good. Ghost Hunters. Like, that's who they uh, were. That's what they were. They investigated Amityville, the uh, Enfield Haunting... Like these were the experts. Yes, and it, now yeah. we have a franchise kind of celebrating their case files, their work, yeah. their life's work, yeah, <laughs> their legacy. I mean, even and, and, if they were frauds, they were cool people. And we got Patrick and Vera to <laughs> to fill those shoes. It's really amazing. Yeah, absolutely, this movie has some creepy ass scenes, like the uh, hide and go clap. Oh my god, legendary, <laughs> legendary. Conjuring Two has is also very very good. The we just, we just feel like this was the the stronger one of yeah. the two. Agree. Um, but but there's something the conjuring I remember seeing it in theaters both of them conjuring one and two but specifically the first one there's that feeling you get as a horror fan where it's just like ha ha you know and that movie might have done it the best out of any of these where it's just textbook haunted house we're not leaving until this is fucking figured out you know what yeah. I mean yeah. um and, and it, I don't want to say like happy ending but it certainly has an ending where it's like okay like they you know the the Warrens did their job. You know, they, they stayed. They stuck it out. Damn straight. There's other movies on here that are just brutally upsetting. And, yes. Uh, and there's, there, you know, like Get Out, there's, there's just a lot of death. And he's fucked in his head forever. He's probably <laughs> never going to date another white person again. 
(laughs) Rightly so. Mm. Uh, Yeah, you know? (laughs) And The Conjuring feels like this kind of like classic story where it's like, hey, even though we went through all this adversity, at the end we can can get there. Yeah. Good, good can win. I mean, we've seen ghost haunted house movies before. We've seen demonic possession movies before. But something about this movie keeps it apart from the rest of it them. just does it it does it really well it does it really well yeah and there's always that you know underlying suspicion and fear that this might be true yeah that's a big part of it yeah. a big part of it is that yeah, these, these people very much lived and whether or not that stuff was true they say it is and they have recordings and they have stories so it was real for them yeah i don't care if it was real if you're like Ooh, ghosts whatever it was real for them they went there they dealt with that stuff even if it was in everybody's mind they dealt with it and it's it's worth telling stories about Especially on the fucking big screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you have, you know, things floating and <laughs> Patrick Wilson holding up a cross and doing an exorcist, you know, it's just like, this is brilliant, you know? Yes. Brilliant cinema, you know, at its best. For sure. Love The Conjuring. Love The Conjuring. I cannot believe it didn't get a single fucking nomination. Ugh. That's horror for you, man. It's rare. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know. <laughs> Give it one. Give it something. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ugh. Number three, It. 2017 remake. Filmgasm episode 27. Oh, yeah. One of the creepiest Stephen King films ever made, and the movie that started the current Stephen King renaissance we are enjoying. It's very important. Dr. Sleep comes out next week. Woohoo! We're in the midst of season two of Castle Rock. None of this would have been possible without it. Yeah. Bill Skarsgård plays the creepiest Pennywise ever. One of the creepiest villains. Oh, yeah. Of all time. And he did it again. To perfection in 2019's It Chapter 2. That, that's probably the only thing I like better in It too is I think Pennywise might be a little more a little more scary. Well, now it's personal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I just, the, the first one, man, oh, man. It is, it like makes me cry. It does everything. It does everything a film. The kids are all phenomenal. Oh, they're great. Every character is done justice to this. And all, all of their moments are so fucking scary because they're, they're, they're children. Yeah. This horrible, horrible things are happening to them and they're ah, they're fighting through, man. So creepy. Losers Club. <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, what are some of your, like the creepier scenes in It that got to you? <sighs> Boy, that's hard. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of the, the bathroom scene, the sink. Oh, yeah. Uh, Beverly. Beverly's my favorite character mm-hmm. in, in both. Part one and two. I really like Jessica Chastain's work in the second one but uh, I find her to be the most like compelling character in the first one and that moment when she's in the restroom is so scary to me I I yeah I, I have issues I know, restrooms are weird anyway to me because <laughs> you're just like oh so many people have used this and you know it's just weird and yeah her, just the drain the blood <laughs> her dad ugh, ugh, it's all horrible <laughs> it's straight from hell oh yeah what about you what's it's easily the, the painting in the office that, that shit got me so it bad. It fucks you up. It's yeah. so creepy. This the you know, the flute noise and yeah. picking up the painting and it's not there. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we talked about all of this in episode twenty seven. Yeah, this, no, it was a blast. Yeah, rehashing is fun. It is, but goddamn, yeah, it resonated with me big time. Mm-hmm. And you know, I read the book. I saw the miniseries. I've always loved the story. Oh fuck yeah! And it was it, great to see it done to perfection. Yes. Damn near perfection. I, I think we both gave it a nine. Yeah, I think it's so. like really close to a ten for us. That first one. So. Andy Muschietti proved it, and I think he's he's doing the long walk. So fantastic. Yeah, or not? No, road work. He's doing road work. Road work. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. So great. Ah, Wonderful. Man. Can't wait. Way to go, Andy Muschietti. 
All right, number two. Here we go. We got two left. Halloween. 2018. The long-awaited perfect sequel to 1978 classic, which we talked about in episode 34. The new one will be getting its own filmgasm in the future. It's one of the best films of the of last of the year, uh, last year. One of the best films of the decade. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got to see Jamie Lee Curtis return to the role of Laurie Strode, beaten, broken, but will you know so ready badass. to take shit down? Just turned her whole house into a fucking war zone just mm-hmm. in case Michael ever came back because she knew he was fucking coming back. <clears throat> oh, and he does. Oh my god. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride revitalized the franchise, brought it back to the mainstream, made it scary again. There are two sequels lined up, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, and I love this. I put it on right after the original now. It's part of my rotation. Yeah, yeah. So great. So um, great. You know, and you, uh, Connor, Connor had on uh, our Vincent Price episode, he explained his Halloween theory, <laughs> and I totally agree with him. <laughs> He sold it to me. And you know, you can disregard all the others. It's all about the 1978 and the 2018 one. Yeah. And it's all about what's coming in the future. Um, cannot wait. Because, th- yeah, this movie, seeing this in theaters was like, finally. <laughs> finally, like my generation, me, as like a you know 24-year-old, got to go watch Michael Myers. I was pumped. St- stalking. Yeah, dude, I was hyped. Oh, seeing, it, seeing it at Draft House is great because they had Nelson. Yeah. One of our old managers at Draft House. Shout out to Nelson. He's one of the... Woo! One of the best guys I've ever worked with. He was uh, dressed up as Michael Myers. It was pretty fucking creepy. He was in character because, the whole night. Yeah, Nelson would. <laughs> Nelson was. He's not like a super tall guy or anything, but he was dead silent. And he would walk around to the tables at Draft House and like just set down their sprite and just stare at them and walk away. <laughs> and I was like, this is great. <laughs> he would hide in corners. Yeah, and just kind of like pop. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, I, I love when Draft House does stuff like that. It's a you know kind of make you feel like you're a part of it, interactive and oh yeah, what a great. What a great, great film. Uh, it, this is one that, yeah, you know, Connor and I feel a very strong connection to because of our, our love. Well, we're, not just us, Josh and Caleb as well. Uh, we all gave 1978 Halloween a 10, yeah, which is really rare. Um, we've only seen that out of Jaws and Halloween now. So, um, yeah, this is, a, this is an important movie for us. And the fact very that much. it came out last year is just is insane to me still. Well, I'm hoping that because of the way they did this, ignoring all the shit movies and doing a direct sequel to the first one, we get similar reboot-ish sequels to like Elm Street, Friday the 13th, yes. Texas Chainsaw, things yes. like that. Because that's the way to do it. Tighten the screws. Yeah. Yeah. Cut out all the, you know, cut the fat and just... Literally. You know, keep it there. Literally <laughs> cut, all, cut, cut out all the below 20 percenters. On Rotten Tomatoes, and let's let's go. God knows there's, like, every single one of them. Yeah, It's exactly. amazing. Exactly. <laughs> well, Connor, that brings us to... Number one. I think they can... I think they know. <laughs> it's Ari Aster's debut film. 2018. Hereditary. Hereditary. <laughs> Filmgasm episode 18. One of the scariest movies ever made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It finds itself on the top of the list... Simply because it frightens the piss out of us. It is one of the smartest, most unsettling films I've ever seen. It's the greatest performance of Tony Collette's career. 100%. Totally overlooked. At last I, I'd say Oscars. that and then Little Miss Sunshine. Or one, two. I think this greatly surpasses Little Miss Sunshine. I agree. I, just, I, love, Little, <laughs> I love that movie too. But this is... I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. This is something else. And <laughs> why don't you feel free to have... Yeah, man. Hereditary. Uh, yeah. Came out 2018. This is when we were both working at Alma Draft House. Uh, I saw it, they showed it on, on Wednesday night, which was shocking. They had like a, uh, 
a screening for the employees. Yeah. I went because I love I love Tony Collette. That's an understatement. I don't even know what word to use anymore because I, I adore her. She's one of my heroes. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see it. You know, the trailer looked pretty enticing, looked mm-hmm. pretty freaky. Uh, you had um, Alex Wolf smashing his head on the desk in the trailer. Uh, you saw this little girl who looks pretty frightening and like a little bird with its head cut off. You're like, huh, A24, they've done some cool stuff. Yeah, I'll go check it out. I went and saw it, was blown away, couldn't really sleep that night. <laughs> the next day I was at work and I told Connor, dude, like, I, just go see it. Like, because I need someone to talk to about it. <laughs> I need someone to talk to about it. And you were like, oh, all right. I don't think you really understood how good it was going to be. I did not. Neither did I. I don't yeah. think anyone did. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what's great about horror is like it gets a word of mouth. And it just like people become obsessed with it. And hereditary is the definition of the snowball effect where some people saw it. They told everyone about it. Those people saw it literally told everyone about it. The entire horror community was up in arms. Hereditary is the fucking is the shit. Like it is hands down the best horror movie of 2018 Halloween, a close second. And it, to me is unquestioned un <laughs> unchallenged. There's no other movie from the past decade. That's nearly as frightening as this. Yes, very much so. And I loved how misleading the marketing was. I usually don't like that, but in this case, it worked brilliantly. If it, if, if it works and it scares you, then then cool. Yeah. Yeah. But the film is not what I expected, and what it was, was, God, oh my God. I saw it by myself, and I had to walk to my car afterwards at night, and I was just, I was seeing things. Not, it, it didn't feel right. Oh my God. Mom walking on the wall, like, God damn. Well, just thinking about it right now is giving me goosebumps. Oh, Louie! <laughs> Anne Dowd gives the performance of her career. Uh, Gabriel Byrne does not check in. Fuck everybody who said he does. He, he He's he's good in this movie. Mm-hmm. He has a couple moments. The moment at the light, at the uh, stoplight. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. breathtaking scene. Alex Wolf. good God. I, <laughs> this guy's life is going to be altered because of this movie. He already has said that he's had times where it's been difficult mentally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this, this is one of those. It's one of those that's going to have legs forever because yes. because of how scary it is. Mm. Because at the end of the day, a horror fan wants to be freaked out. Yes. And wants the, wants the product to be good. And wants the story to be like sort of believable and yeah, all right, you know? And um, that's where Hereditary checks all those boxes and more. And, and so it's just going to be timeless. Like in 20 years, I think it'll be, you know, kind of like The Shining had those legs where it's like, oh, you got to rewatch. Oh, you got to actually go watch it and study it. To really understand it. Yeah. I think Ari Aster kind of has, did, did that. I think without even knowing it, I think, <laughs> I think he made one of those gems. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, oh, there's stuff in it, man. Like when Tony Collette is walking in the hallway, I'll never, <laughs> you know, it's classic Stanley Kubrick, you know, camera goes upside down <laughs> and he does it again in Midsommar. It's just, it's just like, it's just stuff that's on a different level of filmmaking, you know, and Ari Aster, if, even if you don't like both Hereditary and Midsommar, you have to admit that he is like very gifted yeah. and has an eye. Has an eye for, for something. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. Hereditary is uh, it's a classic. So, to recap, number 10, The Invitation. Number 9, The Cabin in the Woods. Number 8, The Babadook. Number 7, Mandy. Number 6, The Witch. Number 5, Get Out. Number 4, The Conjuring. Number 3, It. Number two, Halloween, and number one, Hereditary. Those are the top ten greatest horror films of the 2010s. Undisputed. Yeah. Solid list, and yeah, see every single one of those films if you haven't. For sure. For sure. And then, and then some more, and you know, um, I'm sure 
I would. I really want to hear what Caleb and Josh. If like, there's a couple that they think should be. Yeah. Uh, in this, and then if any anyone anybody who's listening who's like, oh shit, y'all should have had this. Let us know, dude. Absolutely. Fucking let us know, man. Because we're we're all for that. One. That's why we had the honorable mentions. Just kind of throw some out there, get some ideas going. Yeah. It's been a good decade. It has. And it, it always will be. You have to search for that stuff. You have to go to do the work, uh, especially with horror. Yes. You have to go go find stuff. Go watch it. Listen to people. Listen to recommendations. Listen to podcasts. Read stuff. Hear people out and watch it. You know that's that's what I've done with a lot with Connor. Is like I just, I just take his recommendations <laughs> and I simply go watch it. And he does the same and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And we like the invitation. That's one that Mandy's one. You're like Austin. You got to see it. And I did. You know. And and here we are talking about it. So that's, that's the conversation is what it's all about. So that's that's what we're doing here. One hundred percent. And this was a fucking great Halloween bonus. Hell yeah! Happy this Halloween, guys. Have some fun. Be safe out there. Have fun. You know. And, Get some candy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Have a great holiday, guys. Peace.